0: I always use the visual of dropping an anchor like it was like you were holding me and like i just am letting you go so that i can be free
1: hey mamas it is episode sweet 16 and i have none other than the amanda welton from lavender tusk You've heard her name throughout my podcast because she's just been an integral piece in my healing journey, has been very supportive for me in all of her resources that she offers. And funny enough, we kind of knew each other in high school. She was like the it girl. And uh, through some serious life experiences, she has gone and, and cultivated this beautiful business for herself that contributes to the world and, and the community of women that she serves. So Amanda is a certified mind-body coach and trauma-informed breathwork facilitator specializing in anxiety, trauma education, nervous system regulation, and narcissistic abuse recovery. She's the creator of Lavender Task, which is founded by her own lived experience. 2017 was her lowest point after a motorized vehicle accident long-term abusive relationship with a narcissist addict and chronic illness diagnosis, which is achalasia, Through her own education and experience, her goal was to help highly sensitive women find their peace so they can scale their impact. So she wants to help you overcome anxiety and regulate your nervous system to reclaim your power, speak your truth, and show up authentically in the world. So uh, we talk about these lived experiences that she's had to endure, um, especially with her long-term narcissistic abusive relationship. Um, we have a heart-to-heart about body image, shame hangovers, bending the rules for social justice, money. Well, we talk about it all. We, it's a packed heart-to-heart um, and she's just been such an incredible help to me on my journey. So it was an absolute privilege to have this conversation with her, and I'm honored to share it with you mamas. So get yourself cozy, get cuddled up, and listen in to this Heart to Heart with Amanda Welton. You're just someone that, like, I couldn't wait to connect with. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I feel like every time you and I have our sessions... yeah. Which, like, throughout the year, you've been so integral (laughs) and, like, a pillar of support. you. are a pillar for the models, too, just so you know. I love
0: that. We
1: wouldn't be here without you. That's amazing. So, um, no, I, like, every time we chat, it's about me and my stuff. Yeah. So I'm so excited to talk with you. (laughs) I love it. I always have so many like questions for you. I'm so curious about you. Totally. Before we dive into like your passion and your purpose and everything. Yeah. First
0: of all, can I get a blanket? Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Do you want one, too? No, no, I'm okay. Okay. Thank you. You're, like, wearing a blanket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm be <pretty> comfy. <laughs> comfy, cozy. But, I, and I can turn the heater on just to, so you know, Jasmine. Oh, okay. you it, yeah, Perfect. No you know problem. what? This is... I think this is going to be perfect. Just, I want to smell this candy, Yeah. Too. I got that for Christmas. Oh, <laughs> I love
1: it. Um, but let's start with the cacao contention. Yeah. Would you absolutely. mind leaving
0: it for us? Yeah. Do you... So... If you were if we were here together and we were doing a cacao ceremony, as I said, I put intention for myself into the drink for what my intention was. And then right now together, um, so we did for everyone who's listening, we did do a cheers before we took our, our first drink Let's together. Do it again. We absolutely can. <laughs> we can take a sip. Okay. And then just sitting here for a moment, if you want to close your eyes, you can absolutely can, Jasmine, if that feels comfortable for you. And we always just take a moment to get grounded. So just sitting here, you can begin practicing what we call breath awareness. So just becoming aware of how you're breathing in the moment, trying to set aside any judgment of how you're breathing. And of course, when we bring awareness to it, it might just change anyways. The idea with breath awareness is that we want to just take note if we're breathing shallow, deeply, if we're taking full breaths throughout the day because breathing is so, so important. And just as a side note, if you are noticing that you're breathing very shallow or very deeply and not at a pace that feels good for you, that can be an indication um, of living in a stress response So just as a little side note there. And with our cacao connecting in ceremony here together, taking a moment to take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. And then either internally or if you want to voice it out, you can as well. If you have an intention that you would like to bring to the session today, taking a moment to do so.
1: Mm. My intention is to have a heart-to-heart that resonates
0: for me and for others. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing. And just a moment, we're going to call in any guides, any angels, any other benevolent beings for the highest good of this moment here together for today's session, calling them into this ceremony here together. And taking one more deep breath in through your nose, exhaling out through your mouth. And gently blinking open your eyes. You can take a moment to scan around the room if you need to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like waiting to see our souls all around <laughs> us because I felt that so
1: strong That's amazing. Say that. amazing, I love it. And while you're talking about breathing, I know I'm right where I'm meant to be because yeah. my breath is just so calm, so full, so in tune. Yes. And I'm a very visual person, too. And I picture souls and stuff with people. And you are such a fucking boss, Amanda. Thank you. (laughs) And may I just say, you actually look like your soul. Like, what Uh, I see. Thank you.
0: You're, like, this strong, voluptuous, blonde, curvy, (laughs) like, just powerhouse. Aw, I love it. I really try. um, So, just a little, like, side note of my my journey, I guess, part of my story is that... um, I've noticed over the years, like the moments that I'm trying to hide myself and then the moments that I feel confident showing up. Mm -hmm. And so one of my biggest things over the last few years is like, um, showing up in clothing or like hairstyles or whatever it is that I'm comfortable with that represent my inside out. Mm -hmm. Because what I was noticing, I would see photos of myself or different things. And I'm like, that's not me. Like, I don't get it. Like, people aren't seeing what I'm feeling inside and, and not that it always has to line up in that way but just to share an example um, I know for myself now when I'm wearing the color black I, I'm trying not to be seen and I know that that's different for everyone but that was a huge awakening for me um, like an aha moment oh of like gosh. if I'm trying to put on like black sweatpants and a black sweater or like Whatever it is, I'm trying not to be seen. You're going incognito. Yes, and and so now I purposely, like, wear colors that feel good for me. I wear clothes that I'm comfortable in, and I notice for myself, if I'm going to grab for, like, those black pieces of clothing, like, something's going on for me, and, like, it's a check-in with myself of, yeah, like, pause for a moment here. What do you need? What's going on? Um, So, again, a tangent there, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm coming, I'm um, so yeah, that was an awareness for me recently. <laughs> Thank you for
1: sharing that. Yeah, because um, my signature color as of the last year has yeah. been white. Yes, and a big part of my expression of myself with yeah. clothing and um, like body image yeah. and that kind of journey being in a codependent relationship with Jack Jack, where there was jealousy and dynamics. I almost wanted to hide myself. And I even hid myself with weight, right? And just not being fully me. And now this white is almost like, I'm not scared to be seen anymore. Yes. I'm not scared to be beautiful anymore. Absolutely. I'm not scared to put in effort, because yes. white, you mean you gotta clean it, you gotta <laughs> it, right? Totally, Yeah. So it's like Absolutely. an effortful Absolutely. appearance. Yes. And I know a big part of that, even before Jack would be like sexual trauma yes. that makes us wanna hide ourselves. Absolutely. And so white is like this liberating, empowering,
0: light Absolutely. color for me. That I always try and incorporate yes. it. I, I, my I, love it. No, I love it. I love it. And it's so true. Like white for me, that word that stood out for me was liberating. White to me is very liberating. Um, that's one of my favorite colors to wear as well. And just anything like, I don't want to say bright and cheery because I have like my palette in my head of like what resonates for me. Right. And that's again, that uh, theme of like healing is very individual. And what came to my mind was, um, when someone comes to me, as if it's for coaching or whatever it is, it's so interesting to get to the root of what's going on because in this in this realm of healing is individual, and us talking about like these colors or um, like clothing or appearance. For one person, getting their hair done, doing their makeup, getting dressed nicely could be their liberation. They have tried to hide through like dimming down their appearance, not putting in that effort. Maybe they don't feel worthy to put in like that or they don't want attention on them, whatever. It could be so many things, right? So for one person doing that could be their liberation and their healing. And for somebody else where every single day they can't leave the house without their hair done, without their outfit, without their makeup done... Not doing that could be their liberation to feel good in their own skin, right? And to step out and be like, No, this is who I am. So, this is one of like, I am such a true believer that healing is individual because that exact reason, right? And that's why it's like, What's my truth? What do I need to explore? Um, what's working for me and what's not, right? Because no one else gets to tell you that, right? And so giving ourselves grace also through this healing and liberation process because um it truly to me healing is literally just being confident in yourself you know that any decision I'm making I'm good like I'm good I'm doing this for me I don't need anyone else's permission I don't need anyone else's validation like I want to do this for me right now that's it I, I'm good <laughs> you know oh my drop the cacao we can go now no I'm just <laughs> that was
1: amazing. Oh my gosh. I, I, you could see me smiling the whole time because I'm like, Amanda, you're hitting it. You're hitting it. And I can just hear the mom is listening right now. I can Uh hear someone just saying like, I have hid in my wardrobe
0: and now it's time for me to liberate. Absolutely. Whatever that looks like. Yes. Totally, and it's that trial and error, right? So in that same way that that pendulum swings back and forth, it's it's just becoming mindful. It's becoming self aware of what's going on in those moments. If that kind of makes sense. Bingo. (laughs) Bingo. It's the awareness to find the harmony in between. Absolutely, I love that, and I love the word harmony. (laughs) I know I saw your tattoo. Yes, yes. We're always lighting each other up with key words, right? Yes. So Amanda. Let's start with our story. Yeah, amazing. What's your perspective of our story? Yeah, so it's interesting because I so I remember you from basically back in high school and I didn't remember that we went to Circle Square Ranch together. Like, no recollection of that. Me neither. Um, And so, yeah, remembered you from high school. And basically, like, through social media, like, you had been such a big supporter of, like, everything that I was doing. Like, whether it was just personal at first and then, like, Lavender test stuff. And had always seen, like, your name pop up, seen you. I knew who you were. Um, But I just felt like we never, like, it wasn't that we didn't know each other. It just was not that, like divine timing of like connections we had mutual friends you know and all this stuff but it wasn't like oh yeah we're hanging out or we're doing all these things together um and then yeah i remember you reaching out just through different things for Lavinar test like over the years and again really appreciated your support and then as we were connecting through those moments um it was just like oh my gosh like this is such an interesting thing to reflect on because it was like, where what where were we for each other like back then, you know? And it was like, we would have had things to talk about. But it's, it's one of those things when I look back on it, like I, I tell people often that um, in healing, there's often a lot of grief because we reflect back on what could have been, right? So when I think of that, it's like, I've known you for how long? Mm-hmm. And oh, what could have been for us if we had connected deeper as friends at different moments, right? And there's, like, grief in that and also radical acceptance to know, like, we can't change that, but here we are now, you know, so... Go I, on, I have to say, I'm yeah. thankful we didn't know each other because <laughs> I was a very different person in high yes. school. Well, and it's interesting, right? Because um, that's what I tell that that to me is what is so divine about it. Because um, even with my partner now, I've actually known him since we were eight. Oh. He he always says that we so we actually met in elementary school when I transferred schools into the gifted program. We ended up at the same high school. We ran into each other in Mexico like eight years ago. Like, and just all of these, like, coincidences Overlaps. of overlapping, yeah, like, moments in time. And he always says, like, oh, like, we should have been dating earlier and, like, we... And all these things And I'm, like, but I wasn't who I am when we met and when we did start dating. And I wouldn't change anything for the world because every single experience, just like you, and, and we've talked about this, like, experiences with relationships, with life events, with whatever, like, they are shaping who you are. And so, for me like I just in a relationship I wouldn't be who I am now if if I had met like if we had dated earlier than um my experience with my previous relationship that included like narcissism and addictions and things like that so it's like I wouldn't change that so same anyways to loop that tangent back I I probably wouldn't change that either because in terms of our friendship because it's like who knows what, what, what that would have been. And obviously I trust like that timing of it, right? Like here we are now. Um, and it's for a reason. And so, yeah, I just remember, um, like you talking about circle square ranch, like I couldn't believe it. There's just been so many synchronicities, I think for us like that we've talked about and like all these things. Um, and I just, yeah, absolutely view you as like a soul friend. Like it's one of those things where even though we had known each other for so long, when we talked like it was just so comfortable you know it, it didn't feel like this awkwardness or like trying to show up or put on a mask or that perfectionism it's like we can both just show up and be authentic like here together and like it's a mutual vibe if that makes sense oh my gosh yeah. as soon as i walked in here i'm like it's a mutual <laughs> yeah. vibe. I
1: love it. that's awesome i you know what when you kind of when we first started Breaking down the walls between yeah. us. I think Lavender Tusk was a big gateway for that. That's amazing, yeah. Um, I wanted to tell you, like a couple years ago when yeah. this all happened, how, like, it never felt like the right timing to share with you my perception of you. Yes. <laughs> so here's the chance. Yeah. Here's <laughs> That's the time. Amazing. I love it. Okay, so somehow we blocked Circle Square Ranch from yes. memory as kids. Yes. But it clicked for me in hindsight. Um, our last breathwork session this summer and I realized that was Amanda
0: oh my gosh your eyebrows oh my gosh (laughs) yes that's
1: so funny right and I'm like oh my gosh and here she is at this horse farm yeah
0: and it was a horse cam. Oh my gosh, yes. Right? Yes. It just was like, yeah, okay, that's right, Oh my that's gosh. Right. And so just to tie in what's so interesting, because I have the plant here that you gave to me after our breathwork session, um, and in the card that you wrote, which is up there, um, it's one of the biggest things also over the years that I've learned is that we, we don't know the impact we're having on someone. And also we don't know somebody else's Like view of us, you know. So I was reading the letter, and and I had heard you mention, I and I've heard other people mention that like I was like this it girl in high school. That was my ex. And and it's like for me that couldn't have been farther for the truth. Like that wasn't my like internal experience. And so it's so interesting to see how, right? Like just how someone can observe you, how you experience them, and just like that reality. And so. For me, just to share, like on that that aspect, I had transferred where I actually met <laughs> my partner. Now, um, I had transferred schools in grade five um, to go to a gifted program, and so that was like a huge shakeup for me in my childhood because. I was so, like, I grew up um, across the street from the elementary school I went to, I knew all my friends, like, they all lived in the neighborhood, it was very safe, and so, um, having to switch schools was one of the first moments where, like, my reality cracked of, like, not feeling safe, Um, also, I was given the choice by my parents, but, like, not actually, so they were, like, you've been deemed like gifted we want to set you up for success like in this class and so um do you want to switch schools to go to this other program and I had said no um and at the time however old you are in grade five like I like my reality was like oh they're asking me so what I'm saying is gonna go so in my world I was like I'm not transferring schools and they were like well yeah you are so it was like such a breakdown of trust for me um Growing up, And then the other really hard part was I actually transferred not at the beginning of the year. So other people, like it's one thing to, I think transfer schools, be the new kid at, at like a regular interval of like in September, we're starting school. Um, it was like two months into the school year. So everyone else had already had like their, um, you know, just like figuring out where they fit and like knowing the classmates, knowing the teachers. Um, so I absolutely hated it. Like I, I don't use that word. I hated it. I felt so uncomfortable. Um, I had to take the bus to school. Like it just was like I was like, this is my nightmare. Um, so, anyways, that really shook me up. And then from that moment, like I, I had gone to middle school and then to high school. But I always felt like I had no older siblings. All my other friends had had older siblings that were, like, at high school already or, like, middle school. And so I kind of fit in with them, and we would be guided by, like, their older siblings. So to me, these people I was hanging out with were the popular people, but I never, like, identified as someone who was, like, part of their groups. <laughs> and what I found so interesting was... Um, Like, I look back, I didn't know I had anxiety at the time, but, like, I absolutely had, like, high anxiety back in the day. Um, And so, like, just anxiety, like, social anxiety, trying to fit in. And what I found interesting was, like, I almost, like, I had so many different groups of friends, even at the different schools, right? So, people often even, like, they were like, what high school did you go to? Because, like, people were like, I thought you went to Westmount. And I'm like, no, like, I went to STM, but... But, yeah, everyone was, like, I don't even know what high school you went to because you'd be at so many, like, <laughs> different you know? things, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. okay. I, I actually thought that you were at Westmount and then you transferred yes. to Hill Park. It's no, way so, off. yeah, and so, like, I just, people, like, again, and so, like, my friends, Shannon and Adrian went to Hill Park at a certain mm-hmm. point, you know, and so I think just people, yeah, tied in with, like, who you maybe, like, you're friends with or you're at, like, house parties or see pictures of, you know, and people again, this just ties back to, like, people create this narrative of you, like, in your head, and we might not always know, like, what the truth is, and I think it's, um, like, what's coming to me is, like, that saying of, like, don't judge a book by its cover, because, you truly don't know what's going on for someone. Well, it's it's interesting. First of all, I want to validate the fact that <laughs> going to a new school, that was yeah. always
1: my worst fear. Yes. <laughs> yes and I sucks. never did. It sucks. So yeah. I, I completely validate that. Like, <laughs> Thank you. Oh Thank my God, you. that would be a nightmare. Yes. And buses also scared yes. the shit
0: out oh, of me. Totally. So.
1: But also, um, in high school, I, have, I had a couple thoughts of you as the it girl. Yes. Um, because you were, you know, known as one of the most gorgeous girls right in <laughs> like you. the Ontario area <laughs> and it was intimidating to me because we I, we had mutual friends with Ashlyn right yes yes and I remember meeting you at a party yeah which circles back to I'm kind of glad we didn't know each other <laughs> because like the drinking and the yes. partying, we were both kind of into that totally but not like now we're yes. both not yes <laughs> absolutely right um but it, it, was, it was an intimidation kind of block for me to reach out to yeah. you. But because of your open-heartedness with Lavender Tusk, yeah. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just yeah. go for it. I love it. And I'm so glad we did. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's this is also tying in with my thoughts recently of um, beauty yeah. and how there's power in that. Yes. And I feel like it's almost like we're refracted versions of God on earth. Yeah. You know, when I look at somebody, I see the face of God yeah. in a different way, I right? That. Different traits, different yes. qualities. Totally. And some people are born exceptionally beautiful. Yeah. And to me, it's almost a sign that they <laughs> have something to say. Oh, yes. It's like because it saying. grabs the attention. Yeah. And um, they have a voice, yes. right? And so I think that was part of your mystique, your allure. It's yeah. like, this
0: girl's special. Oh, she has that. something to <laughs> say. That's amazing. And I really appreciate you sharing that, Jasmine, because what what has been a part of my story is that there was actually a point in my life that I hated that I not hated. I don't love the word hate, but I was not happy with the fact that I had blonde hair and blue eyes. Mm -hmm. And there was a moment in time where through my healing journey, um, I had that awareness of exactly what you said, because what happened was I'm an, a very intelligent person. Mm -hmm. I have very strong ethics, moral views. I do have things to say. And, um, that's been a journey for me is finding my voice because I didn't uh, like, especially with the social anxiety and like different things, I didn't want to be seen or heard and as I talked mm-hmm. about, I'd wear it like black even at, in high school, like at STM, we had a uniform. It was like, oh my God, like don't, um, don't draw any attention. Like I didn't wear the skirt. I didn't like, it was like, no, I don't want any attention on me um, and yet like it would still come, you know? And what I found so interesting is those societal views of like what a beautiful person is and what we assume of them so often like boys in high school would think like I'm this dumb blonde like I have no clue what's going on um just all of the things that come along with that and like again I find it really interesting because I never viewed myself as that person um and I viewed other people in that way so I think we all have like moments where we're looking outside of ourselves like for those things and I had a moment where like through my healing process where it was like, I was able to accept that I'm like, like, I do love myself. Mm -hmm. I do feel I'm beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love my smile. I love who I am, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was like this shift of like, I am shining from that inside out, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, exactly as you said, I had those moments, um, as well of like, okay, well, I, I am this blonde haired, blue eyed girl. Um, I, I not like manipulative, manipulatively, but I'm like, I do want to talk, like people are drawn to me Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to share what I have to say. And so it was definitely a balance and a learning process of when to speak up and when to not, because there's also those moments, like. Um, As I've talked about this pendulum, what I found was when I found my voice, I didn't stop talking. Like it was like I was getting exhausted because I felt like I had to advocate for everyone. I had to speak up about everything. I was like, well, no one else is talking about it or it felt that way. So I took that accountability on and I absolutely burnt myself out. So that balance for me was knowing, again, that self-awareness of is this my time and place to speak up about this? Do I have the energy even to talk about this? Is this person even open to hearing what I have to say? Because people who are committed to misunderstanding you or are so committed to one view without being open-minded, I'm not wasting my breath. Mm. I, you, you are not going to hear me. It's a waste of time and energy for me. Yes. So I'm not having this conversation and that's okay. I don't need to speak up about it. I know my truth. I know what resonates for me. So like all, all the best to you, you know, um, it's It's, it's been a journey.
1: Wow. And really, I, I'm getting that too, in the sense of, um, not oversharing, right. And wanting to be honest in my
0: life doesn't necessarily mean oversharing. Yes, exactly. Right? You Absolutely. have to protect your energy. And typically with the oversharing cuz at the, like when I went through that experience and realized like there'd be either certain places or people that I'd be with and it was like I w- would sit in the car after and I was like what like what the hell did I just share all that for? Like why did I do that and there's certain moments like um they call it (laughs) so if you're in like coaching or therapy or like a breathwork thing or whatever um and someone considers themselves oversharing, we call it like a shame hangover the next Mm -hmm. day because we're like oh my god like why did I just share all that um so there is a difference I would say because a shame hangover is like getting back into that cycle of like like you're there in those sessions for you you know like it's that is held space for you. You're showing up as like the participant and whatever where in moments like I was noticing with like certain friends or whatever it was, it was like I was having a headache after leaving like a coffee date with them, and it was like because I was talking the whole time and not in in the fact of like I'm trying to overbear the conversation, um but just they just were looking for like it was like they were sucking the life out of me, you know, and, and I wasn't realizing it until it became like this repetitive pattern. And I started noticing who am I leaving spaces with that I'm feeling better after? Mm -hmm. And who am I leaving where I'm having this headache of like oversharing or not feeling good? Um, and it became this awareness of like, yeah, am I, am I oversharing? Are they ch- taking energy from me? Like what, what's going on here? Um, and there was certain moments where reflecting inward, it was a fear of like rejection of like, I'm oversharing because I wanna be liked. I'm oversharing because I need them to know why I'm doing certain things, why I'm saying certain things or whatever it was where, again, that it just comes down to that self-awareness of like, what's going on for me? Why do I feel the need to like either keep talking or overshare? And that could be through social media too, right? Like, so people have different boundaries, right? And that's, again, everything is very individual for what one person wants to show up in their life
1: as, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No,
0: I, I love
1: that theme. I'm really wrestling with that theme of um, authenticity versus privacy. Yes. And even Amanda, I'll be <laughs> honest with you. Yes. Um, cross, I'm crossing the border. Okay. On... So my flight is booked for the fifth. Yes. But I told you I was interrogated, right? When I first yes. got down. Yes. Oh my goodness. So now I'm like, if they interrogated me before. Yeah. Like I'm in real trouble now. Yeah. Because now <laughs> I'm like, I've got a car. I've got a
0: yeah. travel trailer,
1: which I didn't tell <laughs> yes, you about. Yes. I'll
0: show you the pictures. <laughs> That's amazing. And uh, I've
1: got a lease that mm-hmm. like ends soon. So it's like, it's a hot fucking mess. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I realized... I need to be protective and intel- and like strategic yes. about how I go back because I feel called to going back. Yes. But I feel like Air Canada is going to be a huge barrier for yeah. me. So funny enough, my mom my mom and I devised a plan. Yes. <laughs> <I love laughs> she's it. my rider die and she's yes. like fuck the policy. Yes. She's just naturally kind of like that it. anyways. So yes. I'm like, okay, mom, let's go for it. <laughs> But she's like, we can go shopping in Buffalo and you can fly out of Buffalo. Oh, amazing. So I'm planning to do that on the 4th. Love that. And that's kind of like the difference for me between authenticity and privacy. Absolutely. Where it's like, I feel called to make this happen. Yes. But I feel like there are serious obstacles for me if I go... The beaten path. Yes.
0: Subtly. So going off the beaten path. Absolutely. And I think it's such like even working within like social justice. So apart from like Lavner Tusk, I've worked in housing and homelessness for the past few years. And like by no means, like I'm not a registered social worker. I, there are obviously other people with like w- way more years of experience with all this stuff. Um, but what I can say is within my short time, like I can see how the system is absolutely broken. Um, and Within my roles that I've worked in, there are moments like you need to step away from like the black and white lines of the rules and you need to find those areas of gray because so many people are falling through the gaps. And so there are those moments where it's like, and again, it's what someone is comfortable with. So someone else who might have been in my roles might have done things differently or might not have been comfortable I'm someone, I would literally, like I have no problem getting fired over helping somebody in certain ways. Mm. Like I have very strong professional boundaries. I don't want to like misconstrue this. I take my lunch, I take my vacation days. Like I professionally, like I make sure that my self-care is my priority. Um, That being said, when I view injustices to say that certain organizations are saying they can't help someone or, oh, that doesn't fall under our mandate. Like I will do everything possible within my scope to make something happen for someone because it's like in my previous role, it was like, I'm their last like advocate. Yeah. Like beyond me, there's nobody. So if I'm not doing something, then nobody else is doing something for them. And that's where like, I get so heated about like social justice things, but, um, just, yeah, with that, like privacy and authenticity, it's like, I'm showing up in my role. But as I said, like I would have no, there were so many things where it's like, if my manager knew I was doing that or like stepping over the line, um, No problem, I will do that because, like, this to me is what's right. And I think Mm. that's one of the challenges, like, systematically, is there's so many things that, um, especially people who are like highly sensitive or empaths or um, just like starseeds, like, we've used that word before, you know, people who are really trying to create this new and just world you can see these things that aren't working and it's just like it's so hard um so you really really need strong boundaries and like one of the biggest that people say to me all the time like i could never do what you do even when i worked with animals before i i make jokes that i, I worked with animals experiencing homelessness and now i work with people <laughs> experiencing homelessness first full circle, but, um, people always like whether it was the animals and even now with people, people are like, I I could never do that. I don't know how you do that. And it's just like, I didn't create the problem and I'm not going to solve it. So I'm showing up the best that I can every day while I'm here. And that's all that I can do. Right. So take care of yourself, show up. You're no help to anyone. If, if you're not full yourself, if you're not able to show up at your job, if you're in that like line of work. Um, So one of the shifts for me is like, I don't see myself working professionally with animals anymore. Mm -hmm. But as you know, I have (laughs) like a mini zoo at home. So Mm -hmm. I have seven rescue animals at home. And I now know that that's what feels right for me. I will always advocate for animal rescue. I will always have adopted pets at home. um, But professionally, that's not what I want to do. And this is kind of getting on another tangent but financially um like I was working like as a kennel attendant for like minimum wage for years and always I was like oh I don't care about the money like I'm just I just want to be happy working with what like working with animals like doing what I love and that was true to a certain point and that's been part of my healing journey is that um just because you're doing something that you love, it doesn't mean that you you have to devalue like financially what you're receiving, mm-hmm. um, and you can create that rest like that reciprocal like relationship. And so as I. Um, was going to therapy and doing healing work and all of these things, Um, then these opportunities were coming where it was like, oh my God, like this is the highest paying job that I've been working at. Oh my God, like I'm being offered this much more an hour. And then now the position I'm in, I'm in the highest paying job. I couldn't even imagine making this back in the day. Like if you told me that I was going to make this hourly, like I would have laughed in your face. And now here is like a reality for me. And I like, it. it's just that example for me of how you're inside like, internal world can align with that outside and that um, reciprocation from, like, the universe or God or whatever you call it, you know, where um, you are rewarded for, like, showing up authentically and doing the work and all of those things. Um, And just what's coming to our mind right now is also taking note of, like, I absolutely am a privileged person in my life. Like, growing up, like, I didn't have to worry about where meals came from. I had a roof over my head. So I acknowledge the privilege in... How I think of it is that because my basic needs were met, I was able to spiritually explore sooner than what other people may experience, Mm -hmm. um, if at all, in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I had those basic needs met, I had a family, I had a home, I had meals, um, I had education, like I had opportunities. Um, I was able to travel and do these things. And so if that wasn't the case, when someone's living like paycheck to paycheck or living outside or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you you don't have those opportunities um, always to explore kind of beyond that. So Mm -hmm. I acknowledge like my privilege within this journey and it's, it's been a journey of learning and unlearning. Like when I did my yoga teacher training, um, I was absolutely in the realm of toxic positivity and spiritual bypassing. And I was Mm like, yeah, things are good all the time. Like, anything that happens no like there's a positive way to look at it and um, I will say I do still believe that in my heart but but not Mm -hmm. bypassing the hard feelings like acknowledging and learning to sit with like this fucking sucks or I'm really angry or I'm fucking devastated right now Mm -hmm. and then moving forward from there so it's not about bypassing those feelings it's about learning to sit with it process it so you can complete those cycles and move forward. So anyways, that huge tangent, don't know where we're at now. That <laughs> was wow, beautiful. No, I love an Amanda tangent. <laughs>
1: Thank you. And you're, you're getting me. Like, I'm really fueled up about yes. this theme of emotions and the purposes they serve. Yes. And going full out into those feelings. Yep. And finding the power within that. Because when life Absolutely. fucking hates you and punches you, you're learning. Yeah. And becoming stronger. Totally. And that's where you can build your resilience. Absolutely. That's where you can build your grit. Yes. And God only knows what you'll need that strength for moving I'm forwards. Sorry. But you needed yeah. it. Yes, absolutely. For what you built in Lavender yeah. Tusk. Absolutely. Like, that takes fucking grit.
0: <laughs> Thank you. So what,
1: what was the moment in life that beat you down where you built that resilience? Because I'm guessing yeah. there was a breakdown because there was for me.
0: So, <laughs> so I'm projecting. Yeah, so what I would say, what's interesting about that, Jasmine, is I find people... It can be an experience of either that one like one experience or it can be multiple. right? So same with um, an example of like trauma. sometimes people have like this one traumatic, like experience and then other people have what's called complex trauma so it's like it's ongoing it could be over years Um, it could be compounded things so it's not just related to one thing so within my experience um, I view them as overlapping things some are some are big Um, so it is like this one thing but then Um, I view it as like this compound experience. So just to share a bit more, um, I would say that separate from like childhood, I like I'm definitely one of those people that would like grew up being like, no, like I didn't have a traumatic childhood. Um, As I was just saying, I was very privileged. Um, But where that healing comes in now is reflecting back on what needs weren't met like as a child. So like those emotional connections and different things like that. Um, so that's like a whole, and as I shared, like the school, um, experience of having to transfer schools, like that was a huge thing. Um, but more so I would say what impacted me separate from like those core, um, like childhood experiences, um, was within my like adolescence and early adult life was a very hard relationship. So,
1: um,
0: my ex, we were together for about seven years and he, he is undiagnosed narcissistic, but. I've diagnosed it with, <laughs> like, true narcissistic, like, personality disorder, because everyone can have, like, characteristics, um, and some people more than not have, like, different traits, but to actually have, like, diagnosed narcissistic personality disorder, um, it, like, is, is a different thing, it's a whole other, like, ballgame, um, and it's one of those things that I think, unless someone else has experienced it, you really don't know, like what that person has gone through. So some of my mentors that I look up to, like, uh, for example, Caroline waters is a huge, uh, like has been a huge impact on my life is a huge mentor. Someone who I look up to both professionally and business wise. Um, and she was in a narcissistic like marriage and actually had like children with this person. Um, and so a lot of her healing journey came, like that was her route of like how she got into what she's into now. Um, So just to tie it back to me, like, that was a seven-year relationship. Um, There also was, like, substance use involved, so I won't get, like, too much into that. But, like, very heavy, very deep, very dark stuff. Um, And that it was one of those experiences that I can tell you, um, people will say, like, things will get better, like, things will change. But it was me who changed. Nothing within our seven years did he ever change. If anything, things got worse Um, But it wasn't until tying this back to like this mini theme of self-awareness, I actually in the time was at, um, I was in training for spiritual psychotherapy and we had one weekend where we were learning about addictions and um, there was a case study we were learning about and the case study was a husband and wife and the husband was what they were calling the addict and the wife was the enabler and never in my seven years did I ever hear that term enabler never did I think that I was the enabler and until like literally like in milliseconds of reading that I was like holy shit I'm the enabler and it was just like this huge like oh my god like world shatter shattering of like I've been letting him like do this like i've been like just flashes of moments in time of like oh my god like why did i do that why did i do things differently and this is that that idea of like there's grief and healing as well because i know i i couldn't have done any differently in those 7 years like who i was and even talking about our friendship right like who i was in those moments looking back on who i am now with my partner like i i was a completely different person it's all learning and evolving and growing so had that aha moment. It was a weekend in September for school. And we we were like rocky throughout that year. Well, for like years. Um, But like so much, uh, just on the point to this little side tangent, but um, people often talk about, so we were talking about authenticity and privacy. Um, There's also a difference between privacy and secrecy. So Mm -hmm. privacy is empowered, right? It's like, I'm choosing not to tell you something for my own, whatever, whatever the reason is where secrecy is more of that rooted in shame. Like someone is telling you not to say something or I'm not telling someone something because um, I'm either afraid of what they're going to say or I'm going to be judged or whatever. So Mm -hmm. um, within this relationship, there was so much secrecy, so many lies, so much manipulation. Um, I experienced like basically every type of abuse other than physical with him. And that almost in my mind was how we like through therapy I've learned that I'm a minimizer that's like one of the things that I do and so I minimize things and I'm I used to be someone that was like oh well like it could have been worse or other people have it worse um so that's what I would do in the relationship I would be like well he's not like I always told myself if he ever puts his hands on me physically like I will leave like I was convinced that would be it and I was like why is that my boundary like why am I putting up with so much and, like, emotionally, sexually, financially, mentally, he can abuse me. But, like, oh, if he just puts his hands on me, then that's my limit, you know? So, um, yeah, anyways, totally different looking back now than who I was living in that relationship. So, within um, the last few years, like, I, there was moments where I was like, this is it, we're done. Um, and then it just would be the same cycle over and over again. And that was where I had that awareness of enabling of, like, I'm teaching him how to teach me. He know, like he knows exactly what to say, how to get us back together. Um, it, he he knows that he's just gonna get away with it again because I'm just gonna be like, yeah, okay, we're good. Like it's just gonna be the same thing. So in September, when I had that aha moment with the case study, um, I told him, you have until the end of the year. I'm giving you more than enough time. You have four months to do something for yourself. You you could go get a massage, you could go to therapy, you could go to rehab, you could get an energy healing. I don't give a shit what it is, but do something that shows me that you're investing in yourself because you want to change. Not for me, do it for you, but like if nothing happens, I don't care how good of a place we're in by the end of the year, we're done, like that's it. And, And what was interesting in that moment for me as well was I had always told myself, if I ever have to give an ultimatum in my relationship, that is the, that's the end of it. I don't wanna give an ultimatum. So that was like an aha moment for me of like, the fact that I'm even giving him this grace and setting that boundary, something's not sitting right for me even now, but I still was so afraid to let go. So it was like, that was my next like in-between step. Um, And anyone who's experienced like a narcissistic relationship or abusive or whatever, like anyone who's had these experiences, there's so much, um, like I'm, I'm having this visual of like literally an octopus. Like there's so much, um, I don't know the word. It's not, yeah. Like so many attachments that like you don't see physically. So just as an example, um, and again, looking back or hearing it, it sounds so wild to me. And I was like, why did I ever like say yes? Why did I ever do this? But there's so much psychological like fuckery that it, it makes sense in those moments and you don't question it. So one of the things that I looked back on, looked back on was that, um, like his car insurance was coming out of my account. His phone bill like was coming out of my account. And I'm like, why? Like, you know, why? And so, um, the house that we were living at, I couldn't afford to live there. And we had multiple animals at the time that were based on our double income. And what was so ironic was we were living this life that like we couldn't afford, which looking back now it was because he was using all the money on drugs, but like, I didn't know. I was making excuses. I was like, had my blinders on, I was just like, so oblivious and so in this haze of nervous system dysregulation, honestly, where you just, you're not clear. You can't see things. And so, um, I, that was my fear was like, if I end this relationship at the end of the year, like, where am I going to live? Am I going to have to rehome all of my animals? Like what's going to happen? And so, um, made this ultimatum time kept going on and he wasn't doing anything. So I was getting a little bit nervous, but was trusting. I was at such a point in my life of like, I was doing so much of my own work that I was like, I'm trusting whatever's happening. I'm like, no matter what happens, I will be good. I have support systems, I have family, I have friends. Um, Even though the relationships had been um, not so much severed, but like damaged over the years because because of this relationship where um, he in a sense like would turn me against my parents. So like that was very hurtful to like again grief in that healing of like looking back on like time lost with family and um not so much with friends because my friends kind of live far anyways but still you know just like not being honest so again that secrecy of like not sharing with them the full extent of what was going on so time was getting closer and closer to the end of December of that year and uh I'm like, holy shit, like, he hasn't done anything, and, like, I'm gonna have to end the relationship, I don't know how this is gonna go, um, and... I was gently reminding him cause I was trying not to be a an nag and I was trying not to make it where he's doing something just because I'm pressuring him. I truly wanted it to be his own actions, you know, his own, like, I want to take accountability for my life and whatever. So, um, on December 13th, so that December was coming around and it was like, I was literally giving him until December 31st to do something. And, uh, we're getting closer and closer to the date. And at the time I had actually just started Labner tests, So it was in September. And this was like, looking back, like it was just so interesting, the timing of it. So I I had been recording. I was going to be launching a new course for Lavender Tusk on um, the Monday, which was December 14th. And I was starting actually a new job, which was my first job working with people in social services on the Tuesday, because um, what had happened was financially, we were getting so fucked that earlier in the year. I had ended up on a uh, stress leave from a job from burning out. And then over the summer, I took that time off and the, I actually took business courses and then launched lavender tusk for september so over the summer like it was a conversation with this ex-partner of um i'm wanting to dive in to do my business full-time um do we think like this is a possibility and he was like yep no problem like he was making good money um he's like i got you i got us like do your follow your dreams essentially so i dove into doing lavender tusk full-time in september Um, which is also when I gave him the ultimatum. So again, things were scary. Like I didn't even have a job, like whatever. So over those months, we were getting so far into debt that I was feeling guilty and I got a part-time job looking back. What was so fucked? He was missing probably at least a week, a month of work because he was withdrawing from, from not using. Um, I was so oblivious, Jasmine. Like he would be, we would be talking in a conversation like this and he would nod off and like fall asleep overdosing but like i would be like oh he's so tired from work like this is how oblivious i was it was right in front of my face and i was in such denial i literally found like i'm not going to like name any substances or anything just in case people are like no i don't feel that you need to be um I, uh, this is a a tangent. I don't love trigger warnings because I don't feel it's somebody else's responsibility to regulate someone's nervous system. Mm -hmm. But what I'm very aware of these days is um, what they call like trauma comparison. And um, Mm -hmm. there's another word. So I don't like to give like so much details uh, because again, it's not about like this shock value of like, oh my gosh, you know, of what happened. It just is. And like you, someone else can take what they need from the story. So Mm -hmm. anyways, there were substances that like I literally would pick up in the bathroom and it was like I could I could have been injured or killed just from touching them. Um, the animals or our nieces and nephews at the time who would come over. It was just like so wild. So anyways, um, all of that to say, um, December comes around, I had been offered a part-time job and I was like, perfect. I can work part-time and then also run lavender Tusk as well. Um, I was feeling guilty about the bills, even though it was him who wasn't working and I'm trying to run my business. He told me I got you and it all fell through. So the we hadn't slept in the same bed for years basically and and I thought that was normal and for some people it is there's this is where like life is basically individual for some people they truly like that is their truth they want to sleep in a separate um space than their partner and there's nothing wrong with that um for us looking back it was more rooted in like that deceit and manipulation. Manipulation. So um, what would happen was uh, there. basically we had the living room in the basement because we were trying to renovate upstairs and then the bedrooms were upstairs. So we would watch TV at night and then I would always go up to bed. He would say, yeah, I'm going to come up, but would just use it and fall asleep like all night and like never came up. And so it just became like he sleeps on the couch downstairs and I sleep upstairs. So on Sunday, December 13th, he came into the bedroom and I'm very much someone who like, is energetically like attuned um he walked in and I was just like oh my god like something's wrong like just internally I'm like something's going on this feels really off like really weird so um he came in to the bedroom and just sat down on the bed and like literally just turned to me and was like you've been right this entire time um I've been using like because I would call him out I'd be like I'd find like tinfoil, and I'd be like, "Is like, have you been using?" And he'd be like, "No," and all these things. So he comes in, and he's just like, "You've been right this entire time. I've I've lied and manipulated you like this entire time." Um, whatever. I honestly kind of like not blacked out, but like I just was. It was like white, and like you know, when you have like that buzz of just like shock. Like I'm just like I stopped listening to whatever he was saying, and there honestly was no emotion of anger, no emotion of sadness. It was just. Um, I always use the visual of dropping an anchor like it was like you were holding me and like I just am letting you go so that I can be free like I need to just that's it it was like Drawing a line in the sand. Okay, that's it. Like I'm done. That's it There was no big emotions and I just said to him like well, that's it and he goes I know and it was just such this mutual understanding of like holy shit like we're we're done like seven years. And I have fought for you this entire time. And you can just that easily just, yep, that's it. And so, um, without diving too much into it, there was like a few months of like, he was still at the house and there was like, still this toxic shit going on. But, um, that to tie back to your question was one of the huge, like biggest experiences that, um, I learned so much about myself. I have learned so much of like, just boundaries, needs, nervous system regulation, narcissism, um, just all of those things, like substance use, mental health, like all of these things. And ultimately what came from that was like wanting to empower other people who are in those situations to know that like they do deserve better and that you can step away. And one of the biggest things for me is that that comes in its own divine timing too because no matter how many times my friend said something to me my parents said something to me over those years even with all the secrecy that was there the the small things that they even saw or heard um i wasn't willing ready or able to even hear what they were saying so um i think it's so important to remind people that Like, it's just about supporting people in those situations. It's not about convincing them that they need to leave. It's not about trying to make them understand something. When they're ready, they'll see like, I could have read multiple case studies over those years about an addict and an enabler. And until that moment in September, I would have never tied two and two together. So until you're ready, that to me is like that trusting of the timing until someone's ready to see something or make those changes. Um, And I truly believe that when they are, it will be like divinely guided, it will be trusted and you have to make that leap. And so um, just to tie in kind of a positive aspect of that story from the moment that I ended that relationship, nothing but good things has been welcomed into my life. Um, I... Literally, after that, I got the highest paying job at the time that I had had. Um, I met the partner that I'm with now. Like, I had known him from before, but, like, we got together. Um, I was able to stay in the house that I was at, able to keep all of my animals. Like, it just, the process was, I was held. I was supported. I was safe. And, like, I truly believe it was because it was, like, you have to choose yourself. You know, you have to. um, I'm getting emotional, but um, you just have to in those moments, you know? And so finally it was like, I got this as scary as it is, you know, like not knowing what's on the other side. That truly is what faith is, right? Is like, I think, especially as someone who's like a perfectionism and all this stuff, I want to know exactly what's happening. I want to be able to predict. And, um, that's been such that unlearning process for me of like, and that, that was such a key moment of, like, I have no idea what's going to happen, but, like, I have to do this. So, yeah, thanks for listening. For <laughs> yeah, listening? yeah, for sure. <gasps> Thank you.
1: Wow. Yeah. Your story is powerful. And that whole time, like, I I, would, I don't know if you saw, I was literally yes, shaking yeah, some of the energy yeah. out, like, for deep sure. breaths, because that is a lot, um, and it, but it's such a powerful story and so relatable to so many women in yeah. toxic relationships, narcissistic relationships yeah. that they're not even aware of. Absolutely. And like you say, um, you might not be ready. Right? Yes. Like everybody has the right to their own process. Absolutely. And that to me is the role that I'm trying to step in as a friend in yes. my life, um, especially like girlfriends our age now right yeah. it's like we're right at that cusp yes right life is a pressure cooker yeah. if you want babies or if you want the option to have babies yeah. even right it's for sure. this time is right for transformation yes. but that being said everybody has the right to yeah. their own process absolutely and we accept the love we think we deserve yes
0: So cultivating that love is the very first step. Absolutely. Right? Yes. And I think like that, it sounds so cheesy because people always say like, well, it starts with you, but like it genuinely does. And that love, again, it came from the inside out. And one thing, because people often say like you have to be healed to be in a relationship or like, oh, love yourself first before you're in a relationship. Um, I actually don't believe that's true anymore. I think that... um, there is so much, first of all, as humans, like we, we are, um, what's the word? Like, I was say, we are herd animals, but like we need <laughs> others, right? Like we don't live yeah. in solitude. We don't live in we isolation. Yes. We need human connection. And so, um, there's nothing wrong with being like, yes, I want to be in a relationship, um, and working on myself. And so like, it doesn't, I often like, I have a few friends who they get stuck in that idea of like, I need to be perfectly healed. Or whatever it is to step into another relationship and to me I look at that as like an avoidance and like a very strong wall up that like it it goes both ways we don't get to numb one emotion so if we are afraid to feel pain we're also not gonna feel joy because how are you gonna connect with with any but you just shut off all of it you know Mm -hmm. so um, one thing for me even in like the relationship I'm with now um, I didn't realize because ending that seven-year like abusive relationship you come out of it and you're just kind of like spinning you're just like okay like what now and you don't like healing happens in layers so like you you peel back one thing but then there might be a moment in time where you're like oh shit like I thought it was over that or like whatever it is um and it's just an opportunity to dive deeper into that so with uh the person that I'm with now like we're coming up on two years together and when we first started dating um I was in awe of like how how I was showing up in the relationship in terms of like I had such strong walls up I had so many trust issues control issues my trauma brain basically was looking for any negative thing to happen um, any excuse to push this person away and what is so amazing is that healing happens in safe relationships so throughout these two years every single time my brain has gone to look for something Jesse has basically like dissipated that because it doesn't come true right Mm -hmm. he is truthful he shows up like he treats me like an absolute goddess and it's like Mm -hmm. he nothing that my brain was going through or all of these red flags from the previous relationship that I was looking for like none of that was happening so even though you're on this hyper alert and like you're you're feeling very activated and you're just, you, you are on alert. You're looking for these red flags. You're like, absolutely not, like not going to happen. Um, and on one end again, of this pendulum, absolutely look for those red like be aware, you know, you don't want to end up in that exact same cycle again, but notice with that self-awareness when that's your, like past her trauma brain looking for something bad to happen versus the reality of it actually happening you know so for example like if jesse was saying that like he was gonna stay somewhere like he was gonna go to call for something after work when we first started dating it was like oh my god he's going to like drink or like do something like i'm so worried about like what he's doing and then he'd show up at the exact time he said like he wasn't like it just, everything I thought was going to happen, didn't happen. And then that safety allowed me to rewire my brain to be like, oh my God, I actually can trust this person. I can feel safe. He makes me feel safe. People can actually tell the truth and like not manipulate you, you know, and all these things. And so, um, again, in everyone's own time, but a, like a traumatic relationship, like in any sort of way, I think even just, even if it's a healthy relationship and you're ending it, that can be traumatic in itself, right? Like for whatever reason, maybe someone wants kids, the other person doesn't or whatever, but you guys really got along or whatever it was, it doesn't matter. It's still hurtful. And I think that's that idea of that emotional intelligence of learning to sit with it and process it. It's not just about bypassing it, you know? Um... So to tie it just as an example into breathwork or even energy healing, like Crystal here does um, energy healing, there's only so much that can be processed in one session. So it's not like someone comes to a breathwork session as much as they might release, like in our 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 lovely experience. Um, As much as that, like an experience like that, it's not like oh yep I'm healed now. You know, it can feel that way. There's so much freedom that's created in those spaces, Um, but it's like there's layers to it, right? So it's like okay, that was released, and then getting curious, like oh, is there there more that wants to be released? And I used to think that healing was like this linear process of like okay, I've been experienced whatever it was in my in my lifetime. And then I'm just going to do these things. And I'm going to be healed. And like, that's it. And I'm good. Um, we're going to be triggered in life. We're going to get angry. We're going to get sad. Someone's going to cut us off when we're driving. Someone's going to say something that activates us. Um, and that resilience for me is knowing how to come back to your balance or your harmony, right? Like that word that we talked about. Um, and just a little fun fact for everybody. Um, if you are activated in any sort of way within your nervous system, the hormones within us actually take 17 minutes, no matter what we do to come back to our regulated state. So it takes that amount of time um, for them to basically be processed through our system. So I say to people, go for like a 15 minute walk and come back or whatever it is, because Biologically, your hormones need like that 17 minutes to reset. So um, as good as you are with your resilience, some things are just sci- science, right? So um, taking that time to come back to to regular.
1: That's <laughs> a really interesting fact. Yes. I didn't know that. Yep, 17 but, minutes. But um, now you can feel the effects of calm very quickly. Yes. But be yep. gentle with yourself for at least 17 minutes. Totally.
0: Following yes. a cortisol rush. Absolutely, yes. Cortisol, the adrenaline. <laughs> and what's so interesting is once you have that awareness, like... I don't know if... You, have you ever read, like, The Power of Now or, like, different no. books like that? Okay. So, yes, there's different things with... um with healing, where um, and this is where I find like healing really interesting in terms of that individuality, because you can even apply it to religion. Like I remember in um, my yoga teacher training, which was based in like Hinduism, and it was based in the classical like yoga trainings. Um, we learned about the different gods and goddesses, and I remember asking like, why does Hinduism have like so many when so many cultures just have like this one god? And their their explanation was that because not. Everybody, like everybody, resonates with different things. So the teachings are the same, but you might resonate more with like this one God who is essentially a teacher, and this other one. So the stories being told, you might resonate more with them, but the underlying theme, like, is the same, which I absolutely love. So, anyways, I forget where I was going with. I that. picture that as like
1: parts, <laughs> parts work. Yes, it's like all yeah. the different gods, and absolutely and different parts. Yes,
0: but just. In
1: general, I think living in that state of yes. dysregulation, this is the point that I wanted to come back to in that is that, as you said, you weren't necessarily ready to take that yep. leap, but you are cultivating your supports around yes. you. And then you set that transition period, yep. that tension period, that limbo. Totally. And sometimes the tension of that is so unbearable. Yes that that spurts you in the direction that you need to take. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? And that's that's what happened with Joe and I. <laughs> Just for, you know, when the truth came out about um, him and his inappropriate conversation with his yeah. ex and stuff, I was like, okay, I don't know what's happening now, but I need two weeks to figure it out. Yes. And I'm going to be gone for two weeks. Totally. Um, After that. Absolutely. And that on Un- that unbearable tension of not knowing yeah. was enough to set me in the direction that I needed to go totally right yeah so it can be like a self-care thing to realize something's not right yeah. and here's going to be my new boundary for myself give yourself the grace of as much time as you need whether absolutely. that's two weeks or four
0: months yes and then see where you feel after that absolutely and it's such a great point because it ties into things like um, like love languages and attachment styles. And so that's again, where everything is so individual and where, um, within a relationship, like I always say, um, people have that saying of, like, communication is key, but it's not. It's definitely an aspect, but comprehension is the key because you can communicate all you want to someone if they're not hearing you and understanding, then you're, like, what are you doing, you know? So knowing your own love languages, your partner's love languages, knowing your attachment styles, their attachment styles, these are all, um, like, rooted typically in, like, childhood patterns and, and different experiences, but um, just getting curious about like how you're showing up. And so I think that was a huge lesson for me as well, was that moment of like the enabler was like, Holy shit. It's not just the other person. Like, how am I showing up here? Right. And so I would always put things on him and it was always, he's the problem. He's doing this. And, um, learning to take that accountability of like, Oh, I'm not perfect. (laughs) Like, I'm not like, you know and it was just like victim. yeah it was just this learning of like oh okay and taking that accountability for like how I'm showing up and what I'm doing um so yeah so much learning like in all of that I, I love that I love that you mentioned the five love languages
1: yeah. I love that you mentioned attachment theory yes like this podcast gonna have a bunch of resources <laughs> there you go. like there the you powers, go. powers now exactly everything. yes and speaking of resources what
0: resources do you offer at Lavender Tusk so the moms yes. know absolutely so I'm working on some free resources because again I I do find that's important. Um, but in terms of investing, I have a, the new studio opening in Hamilton. Um, so I do offer somatic coaching. And what I like to explain to people is that with somatic coaching, just to tie it back with my experience with my ex, one of because that question came from you asking kind of those pivotal moments, or was there like one part in life that led me to lavender Test? So um, that past relationship was a huge part of it and layered into that Um, we did also experience like a car accident together. So, um, he was driving my car and, uh, we were, we were in a car accident. I actually have no memory, um, of it to this day. And it was five years ago now. Um, But uh, through that experience, like, my back was broken, um, part of my hand was broken, some of my teeth. Um, Just at the back, luckily, I was grateful to still have my smile. Um, But through that experience, uh, physically, was one recovery. Um, Very grateful I didn't have to have surgery. So, because at the time, the neurosurgeon said, um, so again, I'm not, I don't want to give like too many like shocking, like <laughs> trauma things. Um, but in short, um, I was a candidate to not have surgery. Um, but the way that the bone, uh, it was three of my vertebrae that broke and the one, um, actually shattered and they were worried that a piece was going to touch the spinal cord. Um, so luckily they, they just kept doing like MRIs and x-rays and they were like, you're good. Um, because at the time I was like a yoga teacher um, they were like, you've been doing yoga. You're in really good health. Um, we think that you can just recover like in a back brace essentially. So I ended up being in the hospital for a week and then I actually recovered at my parents' house for three months. Um, just because the dogs that we had had at home were so large that if they were like to touch me or anything, um, it could risk like misalignment of the spine. And so I recovered at my parents for about three months, um, in a hospital bed, um, and then shifted to Brantford and it's a whole other, story with my ex about that recovery if we
1: honestly when 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 i asked you about what your life breakdown was i was expecting that because a huge part of it heard of that on your facebook yes but we'll we'll do that for another time i was gonna say it's all into that if you're willing to do another one i would love to hear all about i'm
0: i'm such an open book with like my life because i'm a true believer that our experiences can be that light of hope for someone else that's experiencing either something similar or have experienced something similar so I honestly, like, people are always like, oh, can I ask you about this? Or like, is it okay? And I'm like, absolutely, like, I'm an open bug. So maybe we'll have a part two um, of like diving more into <laughs> well, that. But then. <laughs> yes, but in short, um, that experience was also absolutely a huge catalyst for lavender test because um, the physical recovery. And then also that was when I was actually diagnosed with anxiety and adjustment disorder, depression, and PTSD. Um, so that whole mental health aspect. Was the jumpstart because I was feeling let down by the doctors and people in the healthcare system that I was looking to for recovery, and what I found was that like they st- like they just stamp a label on you, and it's like that's it. Like you have anxiety, okay. Like here's some meds, or like you're, you're, you're basically given this label that you are a lot of people identify with for life. Mm -hmm. And so that didn't resonate for me. I was like, I feel I can do something about this. So therapy was a huge part of it for me. Absolutely. I'm an advocate for therapy. Um, but it still was missing something for me. And so that's when I was learning about like nutrition for nervous system regulation and like what even nervous system regulation is and those underlying root causes of like anxiety. So, um, again, you can do as much as you can, like either physically or emotionally, but they, you got to take that holistic approach because if you're doing all of the emotional work, but you are drinking black coffee on an empty stomach every morning and wondering why you're anxious and you're not eating breakfast, like it, it that's going to impact your nervous system. So it's about taking that holistic approach of, um, It's so at one point, like I cut out coffee because I was like, oh, it gives me anxiety. Um, And now from taking that fit and functional program, I know that if I eat my full protein loaded breakfast, I can have a coffee at 10 a.m. But it's not going to wake me up. It's not for getting up like, it's not to, like, supplement that energy that I thought I needed, or whatever, Um, it's more just for my enjoyment, so, like, I can not have a coffee in a day, it's more just my, one of those, like, small joys in life that I, I love that warm drink, and it's part of my, like, work routine, so, um, yeah, that experience with Amortus was huge, um, as, like, a huge thing, and it's, so much evolved and grown over the two years, but to tie it back to the resources with this big tangent. Well, it's um, it's important. It's an integral part of who you are that you have found healing for yourself. And that is where your motivation stems to help other people. Yes. So when I had started Lamar Tusk, it was purely just anxiety coaching. And so over these past two years, as I've grown in my healing, I've learned that talking to someone can only take you so far because what are in in kind of layman's terms our brain is actually protecting us from those hard things mm-hmm. so we can't talk our way through it we have to feel it mm-hmm. and um which can be so hard right and so it'll kill you yeah like i remember talking to my therapist and like he would be like you're talking so casually like about these like traumatic and like life altering things and i'm i was so separated from it um so to me, healing happens when you integrate those feelings to process them and c- complete them. And so I wasn't able to do that until one, I worked with a somatic coach, which we didn't talk in sessions. There was like a brief coaching in the beginning, um, but it was about going internal and like connecting with the body. Like, what are you feeling right now? And like all those things. And, um, another book for, if you want to write it on the resources is the body keeps the score an amazing. Book. I was just going to say the body doesn't lie. <laughs> yes. yes yeah. So an amazing book um so anyways yeah through learning about like somatics and uh basically again in short like talk therapy or talk coaching is a top-down approach so you're it's like you're more in the conscious brain where bottom-up approaches so anything somatic things like um even meditation, but like breath work, um, somatic coaching, uh, different things like that. It's a bottom up approach. So it starts with the body. Um, and then it's going into those sensations. And then, um, what I love about like somatic approaches is that you don't have to know the why. So we've talked about this before is like, you could feel that something's off or you can have an intention to explore like, oh, this like thing happened to me and I want to see what happens in this session. Um, But we don't always know what's being released. And like, that's the intelligence of the body is like trusting that whatever needs to be released. It it could be something so simple as like, you were five years old and your mom was dropping you off at your grandma's for the weekend and your mom drove away and you developed a fear of abandonment core issue. And you that's like a typical fan, like experience in childhood being dropped off to someone's house, like a caregiver. Um, but in the moment you perceive that as like, oh my God, I'm unsafe, my caregiver is leaving me, and you develop that wound. So in a session, like maybe you have a memory of it, or maybe you're just releasing that fear. Um, but you have no memory of, of like that happening, you know? So you don't have to know the why. So with somatic coaching, stepping away from calling it just anxiety coaching, um, under the umbrella essentially of like somatic coaching, I say, I do life coaching, anxiety coaching, Mm -hmm. and business coaching. So, Mm -hmm. um, the life coaching is more of like that catch all. If you're not really sure, um, anxiety coaching would be more specific of like, like either, I've been diagnosed or I've self-diagnosed or I just feel anxious and that's what I want to work through. Um and then the business coaching would be related to like I have a business or want to start a business like let's do that. Um and all that being said, somatic coaching um and the way I approach things is like I've had people come for anxiety coaching, but we end up on a whole other thing. And it's like, Mm -hmm. they're like, that's exactly what I needed. So it's not this, again, it's not all a one size fits all. It's very intuitive. It's it's what comes up in those moments. We can adapt and flow. It's not like, someone comes and they're like, I want like to do six sessions with you or 12 sessions. Here's like the outline for the 12 weeks. It's like, no, let's see what happens each time and we'll adapt and we'll like evolve together. Um, and then beyond that, now I'm offering the breathwork sessions, which, um, has been so life changing for me. I absolutely love it. Um, I've had the honor of having you come experience it. Um, And just so amazing to, again, work with the body, work somatically. Um, You can still add in those um, intentions to explore things, but also be curious as to what comes up. Um, May I just say, I feel like every woman specifically
1: <laughs> needs to experience breathwork? Yes, because it's so transformative. Totally. And it's so empowering to just let yourself express. Absolutely. No filters, yes. no hindering, yeah. supported by someone who is non-judgmental, yes. you, you're in a safe space, Absolutely. and whatever comes up. Totally. Like for me, I didn't have any specific memories to come up, but yes. I was somatically releasing exactly. energies out of my body, rage. Came yes. Up. Um, but just Showing up for yourself yes. is healing. Absolutely. Letting yourself express is yes. healing. And then let alone whatever Absolutely. the
0: breathwork, spiritual experience you have. Absolutely. So anyone, yes. every woman can yes. experience breathwork. <laughs> I love, love it. Yes. I love it. No, and I agree. And, and just a point on that is like, we've lost touch with practices or safe spaces where like that has been the norm, right? Like if you look back to like indigenous cultures, like they would have... Ceremony where you would dance, you would release, you would sing, like whatever it is. Um, we'd other than therapy, which is very formal and very one on one, and typically not like what you would experience in a breathwork session. Um, we don't have those sacred spaces like anymore, really, in like the Western world. And so, exactly what you said, it's this space to give yourself permission to fucking scream if you need to, yes. or you know. <laughs> let it out in whatever way you need to because we hold so much shit in, right? And like yes. not speaking your truth, whatever it is. And so um, just again, for everyone listening, like those somatic releases that can happen can range from everything from like um, like shaking, screaming, singing, uh, purging. So literally like vomiting or spitting up, uh, crying, like all of these things. And it's like, we don't have the time and place to do so. So it's not just, I've had people, and even in my own experience, where I was working on anger and my relationship with anger, And all of a sudden it was like, anytime I'm angry, I'm going to voice it. I'm like raging because I never felt anything of anger. So I didn't know I wasn't taught like what anger is. And so I went the whole, like, I just exploded in what I thought, like all this anger was. Um, And now I know that that's like, I have that boundary for me. And I know to me, anger is when someone has crossed my boundary and I know how to express it in like an appropriate way. Um, And that being said, we also are just like, Primitive and just sometimes need to scream. You know, it's not always Mm. about keeping our composure. Just get a little weird, you know? Just freaking let it go. So yeah, no, I love, love, love breath work. So I'm looking forward to it. And I'll be having um like retreats and workshops and uh like date nights, so like sound baths or movie nights with like whoever it is you want to bring. Um, and then also like they call it thera, so like karaoke, but therapeutically, so like everyone singing, um, or somatic dance parties where people come and it's like connecting and <laughs> oh my god so I'm this very this is gonna be coming
1: out like right in time for Valentine's Day too absolutely so <laughs> it there you go sound am you karaoke I'm so excited yes wow yes. okay and <laughs> anything else
0: the um that's that's equestrian fire ceremony yeah so I basically right now I have I'll have the studio in Hamilton but then also what we have this Spartan office here in Brantford so with Crystal her and I will still be running like our finding lavender events so those are going to be like our full day retreats where um typically it's like a cacao ceremony a coin assisted healing um a breath work ceremony and then either like sound healing or a fire circle. We kind of base it on the seasons. Um, so I will still be doing that with her. Um, one thing like my focus for 2023 um, is really like strong boundaries and time prioritization. So In addition to like running this business, I do obviously work full-time. Um, I have like a family at home with two stepkids, seven animals, a partner, then my own self-care, my family, like all these things. So um I'm really trying to find that overlapping balance shifting into this year of what that looks like, which I have I have planned for it. And (laughs) what's funny is last year when I planned things in January, nothing went according to plan. So um, I kind of laugh at that, but I still, my brain is very analytical, so I have it planned. It feels good, but I've learned, I'll learn to go with the flow. You make space for change. Exactly. So we'll see what happens. Um, But yeah, for right now, it'll just be like one-on-ones, workshops, retreats. um, And then I'm hoping to integrate more like classes and things when I have the time and space, but that won't be for a little bit. So beautiful. And that ties us into the last thing I want to ask you
1: about your boundaries and, and your self awesome. care, yes. what
0: being your mom, my- <laughs> <What> being, <your, laughs> being your my own mama means yeah. to you? <laughs> Absolutely. So I was thinking about this question today, Um, and I find it really interesting because I love the whole concept of how you've shown up like in this way, um, and it really reminds me. Like the first words that came to me were like safety, support, and nurturing, and so I think for me, like that's that's really what it's about is. Creating that internal space of safety, support, and nurturing yourself. And then for me, like knowing my needs has been such such a boundary, honestly, and awareness and knowing your values, like that self-awareness of who you are creates such a foundation for all these other aspects in your life. So one thing for me is I know that like my environment fully influences like my mood and like how I feel. So um, what I'm trying to say with that is like I recently moved in with my partner and we've integrated like the kids and the animals. Um, and to me, my home is my sacred space. So mm-hmm. home to me isn't like a like it is a physical space because we we have this house together that we've created into a home. Um, but also it would be wherever we were together. And, and to me, home is like that safety, which I relate to, like being my own mama is like mm-hmm. I want to create this home around me so it's like this energetic bubble that like I bring with me and it's like whatever that environment is I want the the external environment and my internal environment to feel safe supportive and nurturing so like here in this office like we have plants we have crystals like aesthetically it's nice to be here I feel good being here we have snacks we have water to nourish ourselves like to make sure we're not feeling like depleted at work I always have like my lunch with me I have created like a nice space my background on my computer is something that resonates for me i um, at home you know the color of my walls the plants around me um, the incense the candles like just creating that peace and to me again like that safety support and nurturing for me is that peace and I think for me that's what being my own mama is and I, I don't know if that even makes sense I feel like I'm just kind of that makes perfect sense (laughs) okay and I love your Virgo brain how you make it actionable
1: you're like crystals candles food water plants Yes, make your space beautiful and that is one actionable way that you can be your own mama absolutely
0: I love that so where can we find you to finish yes um so all of my stuff is lavender tusk so social media is at lavender tusk facebook Um, Instagram I do have a website Um, I will throw in a disclaimer it's under construction Um, I did just have it professionally done but I'm updating some stuff so the pricing is not accurate and some of the um Offerings basically are not accurate. So I'm gonna get that up to date, especially now that I have a studio Um, And then our Brantford office is here um, in Brant, Ontario So at Sandy Lane stables and then the new office in Hamilton is just down off James Street on 21 bold So I will be there. I will be here. I will be on the website on social media so um, also, my email, if anyone wants to email, is hello at hello@lavnertest.com, and feel free to reach out. Beautiful. Thank you so much, <laughs> Mama. Use her. She is such an amazing resource. Thank you so much, and Jasmine. I appreciate your time, your energy. It's an honor to be here and share. Um, I look forward to sharing more in the future. As so I'm sure we'll have a few more episodes together. <laughs> yes. I'm happy to share. Uh, but yeah, if anyone has any questions, reach out. You can always reach out. You know that. And uh, yeah, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity thank you
1: okay namaste namaste oh namaste indeed mamas for those of you that don't know I mean namaste has a bunch of different meanings and stuff um but I think the agreed meaning is basically like the highest in me bows to the highest in you and it just kind of acknowledges this loving all-knowing being Um, inside each of us and she is just this freaking powerhouse I look at her and she's this boss lady getting it together like I'm sorry she I this lavender test could be her full-time job I can't believe she has a full-time job on top of everything else and and serving people experiencing homelessness I mean you know her, her life speaks for itself she's just wonderful so I have all of her information in the notes for you so you can find her easily. Even just following her online is such a a boost in your Instagram or your Facebook feed. She's always posting interesting, engaging shit. So definitely follow her there. And thank you, mamas. Thank you for sharing your invaluable time and energy with us today and for taking the time for you, for your self-care to get a nourishing soul chat in your morning routine or whatever time it is for you it's the little things that that add up and make a difference so thank you thank you and until next week mamas take care bye